Welcome to The Mortgage Life, a space for down-to-earth conversations about how mortgages contribute to your life. Well, that sounds canned and maybe a little boring. What? There are so many parts to the mortgage industry and real estate finance we can explore and share with our listeners. Okay, you're right. You're right, Mindy. Our goal is to help secure our clients' financial future. I'm Pete Salamosi. I'm Mindy Bodwin. And I'm Sue Salamosi. We're your hosts. Welcome to The Mortgage Life. I really love that comment, Gary. I can't wait to hear what I'm going to say. <laughs> I don't, most times I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth. Right, exactly. It's as big a surprise to me as it might be to you. So. Well, welcome. Welcome to the Mortgage Life Podcast this morning. We have a very special guest today, Gary Morris. He is the owner, president. Which word are we using, Gary? I think CEO of the group, CEO and co-founder of the DLC group of companies. Yeah. Which is pretty awesome. We've been with White House Mortgages. I've been with White House Mortgages my entire broker career. And since I started, we have been with DLC. That was in 2007. And Gary's always been a pillar. For me and my mortgage broker career, he's always been just that that beacon, that guy that's been around. But Gary, where we want to start today is with your origin story. I've heard you talk about your origin story. I've heard you talk about the imposter syndrome, how you got into this industry. So really in brief, I'd like for you, if you could share with us your path into the industry. Yeah, it's interesting. It's not the typical sort of, you know, journey into into finance. I had been a, a very young entrepreneur and I had built a couple different companies and, you know, just primarily through sheer tenacity and and hard work and always found a way to be, you know, uh, somewhat successful. And in 2005, I guess, I was down in, in Palm Springs, California, taking some downtime after a recent sale of a uh, business. And I was having a conversation with one of my neighbors, and he was a loan officer for a bank called Washington Mutual, WAMU. And he made a comment to me just one afternoon that, you know, sort of 80% of all mortgages done in the U.S. were done through a mortgage broker. And that seemed really alarming to me. I mean, I just kind of thought, wow, that's that's incredible because, you know, in the U.S., the banking system is completely different and there's hundreds of banks in every state. And to get that kind of penetration, I thought they must be bringing real, real value. And I remember kind of going home that night and waking up the next morning and thinking about this. So it just led me down a road where I started to do some uh, homework. And I called the person who is today my business partner in doing the lending centers who was in the mortgage business, but was also in the real estate business. And I'd asked him, I said, listen, I had a really fascinating conversation. This is the stat that I heard. Is this true? And he goes, you know, the U.S. is way ahead of us. And he said in Canada at this time, you know, somewhere around 20, you know, 22% of people getting their mortgage are using a broker. And I said to him, Chris, you know, it's my experience in many industries that what happens in the U.S. will eventually happen in Canada. They're typically ahead of us, whether that be, you know, music or entertainment or fashion or technology, you know, it does eventually migrate over to Canada. And I said, I believe that we're going to see that same trend in Canada, you know, in the coming years. So I'd like to talk to you about starting, you know, a mortgage company. So that was 2005. We did our homework. We launched in January of 2006. And here we are today, Canada's largest mortgage origination company. And you've got um, underneath that umbrella, there's, it's not just Dominion Lending. Yeah, we, we, we acquired some competitors along the way. I mean, mortgage finance is mortgage finance, you know, um, taking care of the customer, providing expert, expert advice is sort of universal, but there was some really great companies out in the industry 
that we thought, you know, sort of resonated with us and, and had the same, you know, sort of values, you know, and the same professionalism and the same standards of excellence. And over the years, as opportunities arose, we acquired these companies and then swept them into our group. So our group that encompasses all of our mortgage divisions is called the DLCG group, the Dominion Lending Centers group of companies. And that includes Dominion Lending Centers that we're all familiar with. That includes Mortgage Center Canada, which has been around now for 35 years, and a company called Mortgage Architects. So we have three different brands across the country, but you know, universally, we have the very best mortgage professionals in the country, and it's served us really well to sort of run them independently. It's been a pretty cool experience for me to kind of grow up in the industry alongside you and your team at head office. It's been pretty cool. Well, you know, so thank you. We've all learned along the way. I mean, you know, listen, there's not a person out there in the world that, you know, wouldn't change certain things the way they do it. And, you know, we learn along the way, but, you know, that's one of the excitements, you know, of life. You know, it's it's not static, right? We have to, you know, sort of bob and weave and adapt. And I think we've done a fairly good job. And you guys, uh, as our partners who have done an incredible job in the Okanagan, certainly have followed suit. Can we pump our tires for just a little second here? <laughs> sure. Here I want you to tell us like you you saw a little bit of a an opportunity here but as a mortgage broker what is the value that we provide to the clients like why do clients come to us yeah I mean it's interesting because for a lot of years the Canadian consumer really didn't have much choice it was you know go to one of the big six banks and get your mortgage you know eventually the credit union network sort of developed and that gave you know moderate amounts of uh, choice but what we do as mortgage professionals is we actually have contracts with every major bank, trust company, credit union, you know, all the different lenders across the country. So we get to look at every single mortgage company and their products and their interest rates every single day. So if you think about the average consumer, the average consumer, I mean, they're busy raising their family. They're they're running their life and they might go into their bank once every four or five years upon renewal and, you know, and hope the bank renews their mortgages. They come to us and we can actually shop on their behalf. We can look at all those different products. We can look at the actual mechanics of the actual mortgage itself. If you do have to, for whatever reason, pay off the mortgage early or transfer it, or, or if you have to sell your home because you're moving away, we can give them expert advice. The other thing consumers really need uh, is they really need sort of certainty. Consumers want to make sure that, you know, when they're signing on the dotted line for a four or $500,000 mortgage, that they've gotten the right one. They know all the facts. They want certainty. They want to be certain that what they got was competitive. They want to be certain that they're protected. And I think mortgage brokers do a really, really good job working with their clients and really giving them that certainty, giving them that expert advice, giving them that product choice. And most importantly, giving that competitive attention right between the different lenders so they understand that they actually have negotiated a lower cost mortgage with more long-term savings by working with a mortgage professional rather than just walking into the bank for a one-hour meeting once every four or five years and that's our due diligence as brokers to to make sure that our clients understand what it is that we're putting out in front of them. And that's part of the premise behind this podcast is making sure that we're educating our clients, making sure that that knowledge is out there and shared. Why don't we dive in a little further and talk about what has happened in the last couple of years in our industry, in the economy in Canada? Yeah, I mean, I think we all know that, you know, the last three years have been somewhat, you know, sort of bumpy or, you know, difficult for all of us. We're seeing it right now, obviously, in, you know, the cost of our mortgages and how much 
you know, mortgage payments have gone up, particularly for those, you know, variable rate customers, but anyone who has to renew or take out, you know, a new mortgage of, of any type, you know, we went through a very extended period of compression of, of low interest rates, lowest cost funding that we'd seen for many, many years. And, you know, as the old adage goes, you know, what goes up must come down and, you know, but consumers, Canadians, through no fault of their own, you know, we sort of got intoxicated and we got caught up, you know, in this low cost world and we overspent and it, you know, obviously spurred the economy. And now, you know, it's inverted and we're going in the opposite direction. So it's been a very interesting time for us. There was a lot of, you know, consumer sort of credit that was, you know, when, 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 when the cost of financing and the cost of credit is cheap, people use it more often. And that's exactly what happened. So it started to increase, obviously, the you know, inflation in Canada, we've all seen it in our grocery store, we've seen it in the gas pumps, and we've seen it in our mortgage payments. So, you know, we're in the middle of sort of, you know, what I call the storm right now. And I, I think we're, you know, I think we're near the top. I mean, if you look at, at Canada, and you look at, you know, sort of the, the GDP and the, the economic stability uh, and growth, you know, I think we're, you know, I think we're, it's fairly consistent. I mean, we're down to 1.1% gross domestic product uh, growth in the last reporting period, you know, which is starting to level out a little bit. Inflation has just, you know, again, started to show signs that it's it's coming down. Obviously, we're at, as of July, 3.3% inflation. The target for Canada has always been 2%. So we have, you know, a ways to go. But, you know, I think that the the really dire situation, the, the constant, you know, ongoing uh, rate increases that we've seen, you know, for, you know, 10 consecutive sort of reporting periods, I think it's going to start to ease, which is, you know, which is good for all of us, because I think there's a lot of people suffering right now. So it feels like we're on a bit of a precipice, you know, I, I agree. The bulk of the rate hikes are over, in my opinion. I mean, where can we go from there if they were to keep continuing to increase them every month or every couple of months? But A lot of the clients I speak to right now are feeling really uncertain. Uncertainty does breed opportunity. So from your point of view, as a successful business person and somebody who's plugged into the state of the Canadian economy, what sort of opportunities are there, like both in business or real estate that would be coming up in the next year or two? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because, you know, a lot of times when you see Super quick increases in the overnight rate uh, in interest rates. You start to see house prices coming down, which which exposes opportunity. And, and we just haven't seen that. You know, we have a huge housing shortage here in Canada, obviously. So uh, obviously, with rising interest rates too, you know, it, it has scared people. We've had a real lack of inventory in in properties that have come up for for sale. So because of that, you're just down moderately year over year. We're, we're about 1% overall, you know, sort of down in, in housing activity. So we haven't seen that that steep price drop that, you know, one would have expected when they anticipated going into a rising rate environment. It doesn't mean that we won't. I mean, I think this fall is going to be interesting. I think we are, you know, just starting to see some, you know, some signs. But, you know, the value of our homes has been very pesky. It's been very sticky. They haven't started to drop. So there hasn't been incredible opportunities yet, you know, due to rising interest rates. Where I do think you're going to see some real opportunities, I think, uh, around the corner is in some of the commercial properties. If you're an investor, I think you're going to see just because of the cost of money, cap rates go up. You're going to get higher returns when cap rates go up, you know, property values go down. So I think you're going to see that. You know, I just think that the longer that this period lasts, the more we are going to see opportunities. We haven't seen any knock you on the head with a mallet opportunities yet. We just go, wow. But I think you might start to see 
a little bit more of those uh, over the next sort of 12 months. This this fall, as I said, is going to be very interesting. I love that you brought up the, the idea of commercial space. Even though it, it kind of rises and falls as residential does, it, it almost has like a, an opposite effect. Like it, it, it almost seems like when one goes up, the other goes down. And I think that in addition to the pandemic and all the things that happened, we saw a lot of movement in commercial space, like offices going empty for a long period of time, some shifting from commercial to residential. And I just, I think that's a really interesting comment and, and certainly one that we're going to try to delve into in a future episode, because we're going to talk a little bit about that investment piece. You know, listen, if you have the ability, it's always a good time to get into the real estate market, right? It's always a good time to look at making investments. It's always a good time to buy a personal, you know, a personal residence. 100%. Right. So, you know, I mean, I mean, historically, and we can show you charts, you know, that exceed a hundred years, you know, you, you will never look back if you're not buying it for speculation. If you're a speculation buyer and you're trying to buy something in a raising market and hope that, you know, it's going to be worth 10, 15, 20, 30% more in 12 months and 24 months, you know, now obviously, you know, you have to be a little bit more careful, but if it's where you're going to live and you're going to pay down principal every single month, and it's going to be your family home where you're going to raise, you know, uh, memories, raise your kids and raise your family and, and build memories. And you're going to be there for a long period of time. You can buy in any market, right? And it has always historically paid to do so. And it made a lot of sense looking back at charts, as I said, over 100 years. So I think that if you're an investor right now, I just think, you know, you, you just keep your eyes and ears open. We're just starting to see a little bit more inventory now, right? Which is nice. Like, I don't know if you drive around the Okanagan. I just left there. I was there most of the summer. We're seeing more for sale signs than ever before. It has been a real, real challenge, right? With inventory, right? We, you know, so I expect we're going to see more this fall because most people don't list typically in June, July, August during the summer months. Their kids are out of school, they're busy, they're on holidays. I think when that starts to happen, you know, we will see more opportunities. Interesting that you brought up inventory. And this is something that we have talked about in the past, especially with high levels of immigration into Canada. There just being not enough houses for the number of people that are here in Canada. Um, we've got an upcoming series on affordable housing. Um, so that's going to be really interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens in the market here in the fall. If inventory goes up and people start to feel a little more comfort, a little bit more certainty in what's going to happen in the future. Yeah. And the other thing that I'll say to you too, right, that'll give some, you know, some of your listeners some encouragement are our hope, right? You know, the prime rate right now, 7.20%, it's a 22 year high. And if you look at the chief executive of RBC, you know, he just went on record, you know, to say that he does expect you know, rates come down next year and and certainly before, you know, sort of 2025, 2025 and 2026 is sort of uh, very important years for, you know, the Canadian economy because it's two years that have the highest amount of renewals that are coming due. So mortgages are going to be repriced. And, you know, he was just on record saying that he's very, very confident that, you know, rates are going to come down. So Mindy, when you and I made the comment earlier about, you know, we've been through a bit of a storm, it's been a very, very difficult. It doesn't mean there won't be one more, you know, sort of quarter point increase this year. I mean, it is, it's so fluid and it, it can, it can, it can, it can change so quickly depending on, you know, the economy and consumption and, you know, inflation, but it wouldn't surprise me if we get uh, no more rate increases for for the next six months, and and if we start seeing some moderate decreases throughout sort of twenty twenty four and and above. Uh, so Gary, you mentioned uh, about a two year window that the RBC uh, CEO is looking. Can we can we think back? So I want to think back twenty years 
and what the mortgage industry was like. And I think we had a lot of paper documents. We had a lot of rolled faxes and it was a very manual system. It was fun. Uh, I like sending faxes. <laughs> it was fun, but also I think a little tedious. Uh, <laughs> yeah. In this, in the last two decades, we've come to the point where we've got amazing technology that helps people connect with their brokers really quickly, securely, and and usually very conveniently. So, looking forward, if we put on our our looking glasses and and think forward another twenty years. Where are we going to be? Well, I mean, look back, right? I mean, you know, 20 years ago, you couldn't really get a mortgage unless you went into your bank, sat down. Most people would put on their fancy work clothes or their suit or their tie because they were applying for a mortgage and they were trying to be very convincing to whoever was approving that mortgage. You know, today we can go and do the vast majority of the mortgage transaction online. You know, the whole industry is moving towards data, not documents. It was a very slow, laborious process um, and it's gotten better Certainly since the the pandemic, since uh, COVID-19, because we couldn't see each other, we had to be able to transact online. So we've had leap years in technology advancements, you know, just since 2020. But to your question, you know, sort of going out another even five or 10 years, I think a lot of our business is going to be uh, data driven, right? So we're not going to have to say, you know, send me this, you know, laundry list of documentation that I need to verify, you know, banking statements and down payment and employee and, you know, property validation. That's largely going to be done with your approval. We can just scrape the affiliates, you know, we can just get direct access to Rev Canada. There's an employer bank across the country that we're going to be able to get, you know, a confirmation on how much money you earn, how long you've been there for. So it's going to get much faster and it's going to get much more transparent as well. You know, now having said that, I want to make one thing clear. I absolutely 100% do not believe that there's going to be less reliant on mortgage brokers. Canadians are very sort of conservative by nature, much more so than than a lot of the other sort of, you know, world markets. And, and we want that certainty. We want that conversation. We want to build the phone. We want to build the drop by and we want to build to see someone. So I think it's a perfect hybrid. And if you look at working with mortgage brokers, you know, right now, 55 or 60% of all first-time home buyers are using a broker to get their mortgage. And why is that? Because they've never grown up walking into the bank. You know, they've done everything online. They're more tech, you know, technologically advanced. All Canadians overall, you know, kind of 40 or 45% now are using mortgage brokers to get their mortgage. If you use a broker to get your mortgage and have a good experience, you'll never go back to your financial institution. You'll never call there, make an appointment, apply, you know, necessarily online. Like you'll come to a broker first because of the competitive nature, because of what they can do for you. The other thing I want to make, you know, sort of a point on is we study and look and know people in other markets and the Europe, the UK, Australia, those two markets are very similar to the Canadian market. And they have continually been ahead of us in, in sort of technology, the ability to easily work with mortgage professionals, to have access to all the lenders and choice. And their 70 to 80% of all originations are done through brokers. And I believe that's exactly where we're going. That's a big number. It's huge. But if you but if you look at, at, at the lenders right now, you know, wanting to work with brokers and the products that they're offering, they are very, very bullish on working with mortgage brokers as part of their core distribution going forward. So speaking about technology, there's been a lot of media attention recently on AI. 
on chatbots. Uh, I, I just the news this morning about a song that was written by AI. This stuff makes my head spin. Yeah. So you know, yeah, technology is great. Obviously, it's helping us out a lot. But how does that fit into the broker channel? Well, I mean, I think it's going to actually help. I think it's going to be uh, there again. You know, we want to be able to give as much transparent, timely information to the consumer so we can help them navigate and make the decision, right, on what is ultimately one of their biggest decisions they make in their life, mortgage financing, in an expedient manner. And I think that AI and the ability to catalog, catalog and instantly give, you know, options and to instantly be able to provide the difference between products and the cost of those products over an extended period of time. I think is really, really going to help our industry. So, I mean, we're not intimidated by AI. We have to embrace change, you know, otherwise I'd be talking to you on a rotary dial up telephone call, you know, standing against the wall with a cord that's 12 feet long. You know, these advances typically have worked really well in, in society and I expect no difference in the Canadian finance space. There's always opportunity. There's hope. There's, you know, hanging in there, knowing that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. This will be a different situation in a year from now and in two years from now. Yeah. And I mean, that's exactly it, right? I mean, the most important thing for clients to do now is to be proactive, right? To, if they have a mortgage renewal coming up next year or the year after, you know, start calling, you know, DLC White House Mortgages, speaking to their mortgage professional, you know, getting all the information. Don't leave it to the last minute. Don't not think about it, right? You know, let's get a strategy in place. There's a lot of brokers right now that are working with customers. And for the first time ever, we're putting our customers into two and three year sort of products right now, because we do expect the, the you know, this to level out. We do expect the rates start dropping and we might not recommend going into a five year, you know, fix that historically, you know, you would have always went into, or a lot of consumers would have always went into. So have those conversations early, let them do the math, let us do the calculation for you to really help you understand sort of, you know, the best thing that's gonna be the most, you know, cost effective for you and your family. A lot of the comments that you made, Gary, they remind me of the old adage of a rising tide floats all boats. And I think that that rising tide has been the competitiveness within our industry has caused all of us to really level up. We have to be better. We have to do more. And that's really made the, the consumer experience that much better. Yeah, it's a very good point, right? I mean, we really do provide a, a just a tremendous service. And, you know, I think we've talked about it before, but most consumers don't know that 99.9% .9 of all mortgage financing we do in Canada through all of our operations, all of our offices, and all of our brokers doesn't cost the consumer a penny. The banks pay us a nominal fee for actually doing the homework, collecting the documentation, having the initial consultation, you know, sending that into them, helping them navigate and bringing that customer over to them, right? And the customer gets the lowest cost mortgage. They get the expert advice. They get something clearly explained. Once a consumer uses a broker, I mean, they never go back directly to, you know, their financial institution. It's, it's, it really is, is amazing. And that's why I expect our business to continue to, uh, to grow. You know, they're coming to us so that we can give them that expert advice, yeah. that clarity and that certainty. You were talking a little bit earlier about you had said the word, but you didn't, you know, we didn't get to it. The imposter syndrome that you were talking about. Yes, that's where we opened. There's an imposter syndrome with consumers as well. Like consumers go to the bank and they're very nervous to speak to someone because they don't want someone to know maybe what they don't know. It embarrasses them that they can't ask proper questions in mortgage finance. And our job really is to say to that consumer, we don't expect you to understand, you know, the difference between a variable or a fixed or an open or a closed or an insured or a non-insured or, you know, what happens and how do you calculate, you know, early payout penalties? Should you, you know, leave? 
So they come and they're very, very, very nervous. And they go back to the bank because of that, because they feel like silly that they don't know the answer. And that is something that we have to make certain as professionals that we attack in every conversation with our customers. It's okay that you don't clearly understand the arithmetic, the math in order to calculate every situation. I can tell you the vast majority of Canadians don't. But come to us and that's our job and we do and we'll explain that you're in good hands. Would you share your own experience with imposter syndrome as you got into this industry? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of people who it doesn't matter what they're doing when anytime you're learning something new, you know, you're out in front of people and you kind of just find yourself like, I'm not sure like I'm going to get caught. I'm going to get revealed. Someone's going to figure me out that I don't know shit. Right. Or someone's going to figure me out that, you know, I don't know as much as what I think, but yet I'm in this situation where I'm leading this great company. And it was the exact same situation with me in the early days of Dominion Lending Centers. I mean, as you're building a national mortgage company, you're getting asked to speak, you know, in public and to quote on radio and televisions and TV. And you're talking to people about joining your team. And I went home a lot of nights and I just thought like, man, like, when is this bubble going to burst? When is someone going to figure me out? Now, I did have energy. I did have ambition. I did have tenacity, but I had a lot of fear, you know, and it was incredibly just fear of what I didn't know or fear that I was going to be put on the spot or fear that I was going to be asked about something that, you know, I couldn't answer with a bright, you know, response. And it's a real thing. You've heard the imposter syndrome, right? Like we live it in all areas of our life. The message that I sort of share with people today, it's totally okay to feel like that. And the, and, and the more that you can just put it out there and you can just say to people, like, I don't know everything. I'm in the industry. You know, you're looking at me as an expert, but I'm going to get stumped a lot of the time, but I'll certainly go to work and I'll find the answer and I'll come back with you and together we'll solve it. Right. And I lived it firsthand. I mean, you know, um, it, it took me a lot of years to get into that point where I was super comfortable and actually was happy and was confident in my own skin. And I still get intimidated. You know what I mean? But it's, you know, it's just, it's just part of the, it's just, you know, part of growth, right? Mm -hmm. It's part of getting through it. It's part of sort of, you know, learning about ourselves in, in life and in business. Well, you clearly saw an opportunity, a fantastic product, if we want to call it that, bringing the mortgage broker industry to Canada. Thank you so much, Gary, for taking the time today. Yeah, man. Great to actually finally connect and uh, see you on screen and have a chat. I'm, I'm really proud of you guys. This is really cool. I, I like the format. I like the, I like the dynamics of the three of you, actually. Thank you. Appreciate your time, Gary. Okay, thank you. Yeah, thanks, guys. Congratulations. Thank thanks. you. Bye. Bye. This is The Mortgage Life. We look forward to continuing the conversation. So come back and listen. 